0: This is a dude studios production, and hey, I'm the dude. Hey bartender, I got a lover. Welcome back to Hey Bartender podcast. I'm your bartender. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. You know what? We're gonna start a new year here pretty soon, and let's throw out this alias bullshit. Um, you guys can call me Anthony, Anthony or dude, whatever you want to do. Uh, Anthony's my real name. I don't know why I decided to uh, keep my nickname for all this time, but for all you listeners that hung in there while I foolishly called myself the dude the whole time, Hey, you guys are awesome. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we are coming up on the new year. That's right. In just a couple days, we will be at year 2020. Wow. This, uh, it's uh, pretty big number there you know uh, in very little excitement compared to what was going on 20 years ago of course 20 years ago we thought that everything was gonna all the computers were going to crash and airplanes were going to fall out of the sky you know it, it was going to be like dogs and cats living together mass hysteria anyway i've uh, been binge watching through a lot of stuff this holiday season so bear with me you might get a lot of pop culture references But let's get the show started like we traditionally do. Let's talk about a drink special for today. This drink special I pulled off Liquor.com. This drink is called Set the New Year on Fire. Okay, so we got the word fire in there, so I'm all in. I, I think that's what got my attention. The ingredients you need. Three quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, one half ounce of simple syrup, six mint leaves if you got them. Two ounces of 12-year-old single malt scotch. Half ounce of Campari. Garnish a flaming lime shell. Now, let's talk about how to make the drink first, and then we'll talk about how to set it on fire. Add lime juice, syrup, mint leaves to a Collins glass. Press gently with a muddler. Add scotch and fill with crushed ice. Float Campari on top and fill with more crushed ice. Garnish with a flaming lime shell. Now, how you make the flaming lime shell. Squeeze half of a lime, reserve juice for another use, you know you might need it for something else later. Top drink with lime shell, place one sh- sugar cube inside. Douse sugar cube with 151 rum and carefully set on fire. That sounds like fun to me. Of course, you know, fire is kind of fun to me. I I'm just one of those I'm not a person that will willingly set something on fire. But I do enjoy the occasional fire drink. Yeah, but, you know, just as a public service announcement to most of you bartenders out there, be careful with those fire drinks. You know, those people that get the uh, Flaming Dr. Peppers or uh, maybe set the New Year on fire cocktail. Be careful, for God's sakes, with those drinks. Spanish coffees. I used to have the worst luck with those things. Because, yes, it is an alcohol fire. It is easily uh, easy to blow out but i did have a friend i'm going to tell you uh tell you a story about this friend uh he was out with his old college buddies if he's listening i'm not going to mention his name i'm just well i'm going to pretend like i'm going to mention his name and make him nervous but really i'm not so that should put him at ease or am i anyway he said he was out uh drinking with his old college buddies i hadn't talked to him in a couple weeks and then all of a sudden i uh he and i started hanging out And I said, dude, what happened to you? And he said, like, uh, yeah, I had a flaming Sambuca shot and I kind of missed. I guess what happened was he got a flaming Sambuca shot and they were, they'd been drinking all day and they'd been having fun. But when he brought, uh, but when you do a flaming Sambuca shot, you're supposed to blow the fire out before you take the shot. Unfortunately. He was a little bit inebriated at the time and kind of forgot to blow the shot out and some of the drink didn't go directly into his mouth. Now if maybe if it gone into his mouth, I don't think it would have set anything on fire inside him. It probably would have snuffed the fire right away, but the stuff that rolled down his cheek and caused him second-degree burns, I bet uh, I told him that looks like that smarts. And so he spent the next couple of weeks rubbing aloe vera on it to try to get rid of it and not scar. So uh, that was the New Year's set the New Year's uh on fire drink, and Smokey says don't set forest fires or don't set uh set fire to your customers. Take your pick. Oh, holy crap! This has been a week. You know, we just got through the Christmas season, and everything seemed to go pretty well for me. I spent a week up in uh, the Tacoma, Seattle area. I got family out there, and the flight out there was totally cool. Everything happened just the way it should, just like at clockwork. I got off one plane, I got onto another, and uh, made my destination. Didn't have to wait long for anybody to pick me up. Um, or, Of course, I would have taken an Uber or gotten a rental car and just been completely happy, but my family is awesome. They came and picked me up at the uh, airport, and I had a good week with, uh, with my family. And I don't know if you guys follow my Facebook page. You can uh, check out the Facebook page "Hey Bartender Podcast" uh, on Facebook. But I was at this place that seemed really fascinating to me. Uh, it was called the Mox. Uh, I don't uh, if if you follow my Facebook page, you see that I uh, you know will post where I'm at, and usually while I'm there, I'll tell the bartenders and try to promote the podcast a little bit. Um, but I was at this place called the Mox. And the address is available on the post that I made on Facebook. And this place is fascinating to me because not only are they a restaurant, they serve really good food, uh, health conscious, and uh, they serve uh, adult beverages, kid beverages. But their niche is, uh, yeah, I think niche is probably a good word for it, is that they also have board games there. They encourage their customers to play board games. And I'm not talking about Candyland and Monopoly. I'm talking about like Settlers of Catan. I'm talking about, uh, well, they got separate room for Magic the Gathering. They got a separate room for Dungeons and Dragons because uh, those games take an exceptionally long time. But they've got the most unique selection of board games I've ever seen. And it was a lot of fun to sit and play these games uh, with my sister and her friends that I uh, got to know. And they were really friendly and it was just kind of fun because uh, we were playing these board games and interacting with each other. And it, it was just something that I've never heard of before. Now, if there might be other restaurants out there, but um, you know, that that was the first time I've ever been to a restaurant that actually offered that, offered that sort of thing. You can go to a uh, go to their little kiosk and rent a game to play at your table, or you can go in there and buy RPG games and uh, you know just these unusual games that you wouldn't find in a normal store. It was pretty cool. Once again, the restaurant was called the Mox Boarding House. They have a location in Seattle. I went to the one in Bellevue. And like I said, if you are a board gamer, you got friends that are board gamers, or you just want to have sit and have a fun evening where there is less chance that somebody is going to take out their cell phone and check their Twitter feed, uh, that's a great place to go. And they got good food there. My sister said their Butterbeer is awesome. Yes, I said Butterbeer. And, uh, you know, go check it out. This is free advertisement. I'm not, uh, they didn't ask me to say that. I just thought it was a cool place and I thought I'd mention it. But just because I'm a jerk every once in a while, there were bad parts to that little bit of traveling. I mean, I kind of wandered around, uh, uh, nothing bad with the family, the the hanging out with the family was awesome. Uh, I got 11, uh, an 11 year old niece who is insanely smart, way smarter than I am. And she's, she's just cool, but the traveling part, Oh God, traveling is going to kill me sooner than anything else. I swear to God, I get this. You know, I'm, I normally talk about bar stories in this podcast, but I'm going to go, I'm going to vent here for a little bit because why? Because I'm a guy with an internet connection and a microphone. So listen to this. I'm taking this airline. I'm not going to say who they are, uh, because there is a chance of lawsuit if they actually get wind of this. But uh, I uh, wandered around the airport. I thought I had everything timed out perfectly, and uh, so I got to the airport a little bit early, uh, the Seattle airport, and I'm wandering around and promoting the podcast at various bars that I happen to show up at, and actually. Finding some really good music acts to show uh, put on the show. I'll bring them on a little bit uh, in another episode. But they had live music playing in front of like the Sub Pop store or in front of another gate. And uh, these uh, the the girls that I talked to, women sorry uh, that I talked to, extremely talented. Uh, one girl in particular, I was really grooving on her acoustic version of "Hit Me Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears, and that song. Uh, to me, uh, screams, hey, pedophile, come get me. But uh, she actually did an impressive acoustic version of it. Um, but nonetheless, I first get there uh, to the to the Seattle airport. And uh, the airline that I'm about to take, they say, the flight's been delayed. And I'm like, okay, what's the problem? And they... Because the plane's right there, I'm trying not to be the typical, uh, typical person who uh, sits there and questions every damn thing. Because I'm your customer, I'm entitled to everything. You know what? Maybe I'm bringing this up because bartenders and servers run into this same problem. So you have to feel sorry a little bit for air airline attendants, also, or ticket agents and people that work in the air, work for airlines uh, in particular, because. Yeah, traveling is stress, and people throw their stress at them. But I get up to the kiosk where I'm supposed to board. They've got most of the plane boarded by then, and all of a sudden, uh, Dallas, Texas says that they are having a huge storm and they are delaying all flights out. Or you know, they've—I guess—they've got airplanes circling Dallas, uh, and you know, waiting for the storm to subside. So I pull out my phone, check out Weatherbug. And yeah, they got a big storm going. Lightning, uh, probably winds, lots of rain, lots and lots of rain. And so I I was like, Oh, okay, that's that's cool. So when are we leaving? And they said, well everything's tentative right now. And I kept thinking, well, I only had about an hour and fifteen minutes to get from one gate to another once I get to Dallas. And so, uh, the odds of me making the next flight are probably zero. And so not their fault. Mother nature is at fault at this point. I was very cool, uh, talking to the, uh, talking to the people at the kiosk. Uh, and I was like, you know, I'm going to miss my flight. I probably should uh, try to book ahead. Not their fault. And I tried to be as cool, calm, collective, nicer than that old bitch that was uh, right in front of me. I, uh, I knew that that woman was, I need this. That, that's. No, 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 I wasn't going to do that. And yes, I said, old bitch. If you saw that woman, you'd say old bitch too. But eventually I got on my plane and I knew that I was going to miss the flight. So uh, when, I got, when I finally got to Dallas, uh, it was a little bit later than, uh, it was, I was supposed to be there. So I all of a sudden realized, uh, they had already rebooked me different flight and it was supposed to be, I think I arrived in Dallas, something like seven 30. My, my original flight left at seven. And, uh, so I went and talked to the ticket agent once again, calm, cool, collected, smiling and, uh, said, well, I need to get on another plane. And they said, okay, the next plane leaves at 10 o'clock. And I thought, well, crap. Um, so I guess I better, uh, you know, just occupy myself a little bit and, you know, wander around the shops, wander around the terminal and, you know, just uh, you know, be cool, you know. And then all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone that the, uh, the, the flight out, is being pushed out till the next morning at seven o'clock. Okay, that that is making Anthony start to lose his cool, and so I went back up to the kiosk, and they said, "Well, that's tentative. The plane still might leave at ten thirty. We uh, we're waiting to see what the weather does." Oh, okay, weather problem. Okay, no problem. We'll just be cool, be cool, calm, collected. And then all of a sudden, I get another uh, get another notification. Plane leaving at ten thirty. I thought, awesome. And I all of a sudden saw it at 10.30 a.m. Not so awesome. And so I went over and I said, okay, that means it's 9 o'clock right now. I'm going to be here all night. What are you going to do for me? And they said, well, there's really nothing we can do. Uh, I mean, um, like you can get a hotel for the night. And I said, you stuck me here. And they said, well, we'll give you a voucher. Okay, it was percentage voucher. The hotel and the airport's areas are still expensive. And, the, uh, and they said, and we'll give you a voucher for breakfast. Well, uh, okay, you can bribe me with food. Uh, but still, not happy. And the only thing I could think of at that point was to get outside and have a cigarette. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I used to be a bartender. I don't lead the cleanest life that you might think I smoke. But uh, then again, you know, maybe the, ah, I don't, not that I have to justify myself. Yeah. I just wanted to get out inside to have it and have a cigarette. And since Dallas isn't one of those airports or hubs that has a smoking section, you have to go outside past security to get, uh, to get yourself a cigarette and if you want to uh, want back in you have to go back through security TSA is a lot of fun but I stopped to have a uh, little bite to eat before I went outside even though I was dying for a cigarette uh, my server at the TGI Fridays in Terminal B at Dallas Fort Worth Airport you're awesome and so eventually I finished my burger and you know uh, went outside had a cigarette and thought, well, might as well go to the hotel. And uh, once I got to the hotel, uh, I didn't want anything to do with anybody. I there, I mean, the place was packed with tourists and other pissed off people uh, that were uh, also kicked off their flight for that night. And I was surprised, actually, that I got a room. But it was a nice hotel. And I stayed there for the night, got some sleep. Ended up watching uh, more episodes of South Park than I ever intended to. But that's uh, that's beyond the point. The I wake up, I set my alarm clock for 7 o'clock, and I wake up a little bit early and check my phone and see that the flight has been pushed back even farther. And now I'm leaving at noon. Oh, wonderful. So I turn on the TV, get showered, and uh, all that stuff. End up watching last 45 minutes of Friday uh, and start watching next Friday. But um, there's no reason to watch that. Sorry, people who are fans of the Friday franchise, but Smokey was my favorite character. Come on. But finally, I get back to the airport and everything's all screwed up. My boarding pass says one thing. My phone says another thing. I don't know which gate that I'm supposed to go to and still... Thankfully, managed to get onto the airport, uh, get onto the plane uh, with about 15 minutes to spare because, uh, like I said, uh, my flight wasn't even up on the reader board. And I would like to uh, send out a special thanks to a good friend of mine who let me uh, humor uh, humor her while I was sitting there waiting uh, waiting for my plane because that's all I wanted to do. I needed a friend. And she was there for me. So if you're listening, you know who you are. Thank you so much for letting me uh, send you goofy text messages. Uh, She even uh, encouraged me at one point because I was getting so frustrated that I I wanted to get everybody in the airport involved in a sing-along of No Diggity. And just because. And... Uh, but, and she actually didn't discourage me from doing it. She she probably knew I wasn't going to, but you know, she at least humored me. But after a long and treacherous journey through the limbo of being in an airport hub, I finally got home. I finally get to talk to you guys. It is a little bit better. Uh, that's, uh, there's no, no explanation there. I'm just happy to be back around my stuff because that's, what's important to be around your stuff to make you feel at home and, or, you know, in some cases be around people you like, which yeah, I'm happy to be around my stuff. But Come on. Wouldn't that have been cool? I would have been wearing my Hey Bartender podcast t-shirt and, you know, you know, stood up on top of the kiosk and I like the way you work in no diggity. I got to bag it up. You know, I, I think that you know try to get everybody to uh wave their arms go hey oh hey yo, oh, hey oh hey oh. you know that would have been hilarious and i know it would have been a viral video whether i've gone to, gone to tsa jail ah uh, who knows but holiday traveling yes the you know try to be nice to the people that work in the airlines some of that stuff really isn't their fault I was sitting there listening to people say, God, I wouldn't run a business like this. Well, if you knew anything, you wouldn't be in this line complaining about you wouldn't run the business. Why does everybody do that? They critique the business and say, that's not how I would do it. There are some things that are completely out of even the business owner's control. In this case, it was an act of God, Uh, if you believe in that sort of thing. You got lightning, wind, and... You know a lot of stuff that could easily turn a 747 into a giant paperweight, and you know there's they're looking at uh, in most cases they were looking out for the passenger safety, and probably their bottom line because 747s are expensive. But the servers and bartenders were ultimately really cool at the airports. Uh, I don't get a lot of chance to talk to most of them because they're running around with their chick like a chicken with their head cut off trying to get everybody served and get that one guy who needs that one more beer before he gets onto his flight. And so, you know, next time you go into an airport, you know, nothing beats a big smile on your face. Sometimes you get a little bit extra, but enough about that. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Holiday traveling is over for me for the year. You know, what's coming up the new year's Eve. Ooh, now, some of you bartenders, you, uh, you know, I, I could hear uh, hear some of you get getting a little warm in your pants right there, just just a little a uh, little bit of warmth on your bottom right there when I said New Year's Eve, because New Year's Eve means New Year's Eve tips. Now, I'm going to tell you a little story about uh, one of the more memorable New Year's Eves that I uh, bartended. I'll probably tell you one or two stories just to fill up time, but. The first one mo- most memorable was the year 2000. Yes, the new millennium. everybody scared to death that airplanes were going to fall out of the sky, computers were going to shut off. 10 uh, year old kids are going to start receiving Social Security and their grandparents wouldn't. Uh, and you know everything was going to be all screwed up. They spent most of the 90s trying to correct all of that code to make sure that the Y2k bug didn't happen. Which it didn't. So either they were successful in changing all that code or it was nothing. But that night, we did some preparation for it. The bar owner I worked for at the time decided that all of us, all the bartenders needed to wear tuxes and tails behind the bar. Now, this is a bar where normally our uniform was just jeans and a Hawaiian T-shirt. And so... She had us all come in uh, off our hours to get fitted for tuxedos and tails. Let me tell you this: the the tails came, uh, the jacket with the tails came off pretty quickly because we, as bartenders, get pretty hot behind the bar, especially when we're running around slinging drinks like crazy, and especially at that bar that I worked at, since our waitress spent more time behind the bar talking to the customers than she did out in the floor. Uh, but I digress. But it was an amazing night, uh, and by amazing, I mean music was going, the everybody was dressed up, and that's not something that I saw very often in my bar because we we got a lot of locals and they dress pretty casually, and uh, but all these people for New Year's Eve, we advertised a New Year's Eve party at the bar, and everybody came in dressed. Beautifully guys were dressed in ties. Uh, women were dressed in amazing dresses and it, uh, it was overall a good vibe. And as soon as we stopped serving the new year's Eve dinner special, which uh, I think it was probably a uh, prime rib. But once we finished uh, doing the new year's Eve dinner special lights went out, the dance lights came on. The DJ started cranking up the music and that's when the fun began. Uh, I mean, I didn't get to see a lot of the fun because uh, I was slinging drinks, like I said. And I would be jumping between my well and my friend Shannon's well because people were, during the week, uh, the well where Shannon uh, was working that night is more common for people to go up and get their drinks from uh, that side. The well that I worked on not as common, but people would still come and see me. And so I, when I didn't have customers, I'd run over to her side, help her uh, knock down some of the people that are at her well, and then I'd run back over to my well. It, you know, uh, Shannon and I were a great team, and we uh, we worked really well together. And it used to crack people up because I uh, she would go over – start uh, pouring a beer from the tap. And then I put both arms around her and pour two beers off the tap while she, while she stood there. And people thought that was great. And, uh, but that's a story. Uh, not for now, maybe later. Eh, Probably not. Anyway, the, uh, the thing about it though, is we were slinging drinks like crazy. We made huge sales that night and the, but things started popping up in my head, uh, that kind of annoyed me. One, Uh, the boss put us in tuxes and tails and she got upset when we took the jackets off. She's uh, because it was ruining the, what the theme that she had for that night. And I was just like, I'm hot. I'm sweating my balls off here. I, uh, I need to take it off. And so she, she got a little upset over that. And, uh, uh, but, you remember how I told you every once in a while uh, I would go uh, just to entertain the customers. It became my my thing because I can't talk about sports and uh, most of the, and when the music's playing that loud, I can't uh, regurgitate uh, comedy routines to the customers to entertain them. So every once in a while, I jump up and sing uh, at karaoke because I was the singing bartender, and people. Actually looked forward to it. Even the karaoke DJ played me up. And now the amazing singing bartender. And I'd get up and sing smooth. Or if I'm feeling uh, like I want attention from women, which it never worked. I'd sing a little bit of Harry Connick Jr. Thank you very much. Didn't do too shabby if I do say so myself. And then my boss decides that she wants to hold contests. Which she got mad at me because... When I wasn't behind the bar, drinks weren't getting served. But when you're holding contests, you're not, drinks aren't getting served either because people are wanting to win the contest, whatever prize may come up, which just ended up being gift certificates. But, uh, you know, it, it was 2000 and uh, to this day, I am glad, seriously glad, the Macarena doesn't come up much anymore. If at all. And I'm sick of the song, sick of the people dancing to it. And, you know, yeah, you know, I wasn't a bartender when Gangnam, Gangnam Style came up. So I wonder if that became a thing. But anyway, the, uh, the point of this is, uh, the, she started holding contests and, uh, you know, it would take the attention away from the bar, which she used to get mad at. I didn't really mind it just to see my customers, Carry on, have a good time. It was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, some of my customers, it was really, really hot to watch them dance the macarena. Hmm. Anyway, but the whole night we were sitting there glued to the TV. Uh, we we're watching Dick Clark's uh, Rockin' New Year's Eve. You uh, know, this was back when he was still doing it, and uh, and everybody was paying attention to the clock and you know i heard people yell out uh it's midnight on the east coast it's midnight on the central uh central you know and uh i think everybody was kind of expecting things to shut down as the time zones went by and uh you know luckily it didn't happen And so people were glued to the TV watching Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve, even though they couldn't hear anything that was going on uh, during that thing because we had our music, we had things to keep their attention. And it was kind of interesting, though, because the bar that I uh, served at, some of the guys and girls uh, kept to their normal everyday routines. Sure, they were dressed up a little bit nicer, But they still shot pool. They didn't take their girlfriend out, well, unless we made a big deal about it. They'd take their uh, their date out for a nice slow dance, and that was nice. Yeah, I was I was single, very single at the time, and uh, I I was just watching them and going, you know what, that you know that's nice. That just to see them, uh, you know dancing, smiling at each other, and, it, you know, show affection towards each other. And uh, may, maybe that's just the lonely dude talking, but I, uh, I digress. Um, people drink, uh, just, you know, having their usual drinks, the drink special didn't matter worth a damn, even though I'm sure my boss spent a lot of time trying to figure out what good festive drink to put up, on the drink special, but nobody paid attention to it. They stuck to their regular long islands. They stuck to their uh, vodka crans, their Coors lights, their bud lights, you know, nothing really special. And it was still, uh, just me serving exactly what I was serving before and talking to, uh, my normal everyday people. Hey, did we have a live band that night? Uh, I can't remember. Um, no, no, we didn't. Uh, like I said, we uh, we had a Macarena contest. Yeah. But part of me, the whole night, I kept thinking, I really, really, really want to hit the main power breaker and shut down the power as everybody goes, three, two, one, happy. T-. And I, I just wanted to see what would happen. I thought it would be an absolutely amazing practical joke. And I kept it to myself because I didn't want, uh, want the boss or anything, knowing that it, it was me. But uh, in case I did do it, which I didn't, I was a good boy. Because uh, inevitably I started thinking, <laughs> that'll probably cause a panic. So let's not do that. But one thing that I was a little bit annoyed about, I don't know if you other bartenders or servers can relate to this, but as soon as the ball did drop, and everybody's screaming happy new year. Everybody's uh, all the couples are kissing each other. Some couple, uh, some people who weren't couples were kissing each other and uh, everybody's happy. We're finally into the new year. Uh, everything looks bright and shiny, full of new opportunity. And during that time, everybody's celebrating. My boss decides to fire silly string out into the crowd, throw confetti and, I'm sitting there thinking, fuck, we have to clean that up now. Anyway. I mean, you know how hard it is for vacuum cleaner to pick up a silly string, especially when you don't want to pick it up by hand. And uh, so let me tell you right now, if you want to scream Happy New Year and throw stuff, just remind your boss or remind yourself sometimes uh, you're going to be the one cleaning it up because everybody else in the bar is going to leave and you know, and you know, whether they leave with each other or leave with somebody else, they're not going to stick around to clean it up. You're going to be there picking up all the drinks. You're going to be picking up all the confetti, all the silly string, uh, the new year's Eve hats that got left behind. And uh, one thing that uh, I will say is, we did uh, strike up a deal with the local uh, taxi service saying, uh, you know, if you guys kind of hang around our area, uh, we'll make sure you guys get some business. Because, you know, what's the most important thing that we want for our customers? To come back. We want to see them again. Right? So, yeah, well, we made sure that they got home safe by taking a cab or get to a hotel for whatever, and uh, get uh, and be safe there. Whatever happens after that, not our problem. And, you know, just look out for your customers. I'm just, I'm going to sit here and encourage everybody right now. Uh, New Year's Eve, it's rookie night. Uh, and the rookies not are not necessarily at your bar. They could be at other bars. And you get that one person that says, hey, I can drive. And bad things start to happen. So remind your customers, everybody, drive home safe. If you don't think you can do it, get a cab or Uber. Uh, Normally I don't say Uber because they told me I couldn't sponsor them or they wouldn't sponsor this show. But Uber, yeah, tell people to use that. So let's take a break right here and let's go to a commercial. And this commercial, of course, is me. Just want to remind you guys if you want to get your hands on any hey bartender podcast merchandise head over to hey and you can find my blog you can find some drink recipes and pick yourself up a t-shirt help support the show by buying yourself a hey bartender podcast t-shirt today oh if you guys forgot that uh was Laura Hope and the Arctones playing the background music for my commercial and go check them out on Bandcamp or uh, I think that's where I found them yeah bandcamp.com those guys are awesome great rockabilly music so anyway speaking of music let's get to some on this week's episode of Hey Bartender podcast we are featuring from Vancouver British Columbia a band called Deadsoft with their single Phase from british columbia vancouver british columbia that is that was dead soft with their song phase if you want to find out more about dead soft do like i do head on over to bandcamp.com and go check them out just search them out uh dead soft they've got links to their website dead-soft.com they've got all of their music posted up there you can find ways to contact them and uh even get uh copies of their music, download their music. You can uh, even find out where they're playing next. Go check out Deadsoft at Bandcamp.com today. Okay, people, we're coming up on the end of the podcast. It is last call, but before we go, I just want to cover one more thing. Special treat for you bartenders in case you don't really know about it. Uh, Bartenders, you know, it's New Year's. uh, It it was New Year's Eve. You're on New Year's Day, and you've got us. Take all the time to pick up all the glassware, pick up all the dishes, clean them, and sweep and get all the crap off the floor that everybody threw up in the air and get everything ready for the next business day. Uh, so, usually by the time you're done with that, you don't have a lot of time to celebrate New Year's yourself. You didn't get a chance to toast a beer, you didn't, get, uh, because you're working behind the bar, most bars at least. Don't allow you to work uh, to drink behind the bar, otherwise, you could have uh, just sat there and had a shot with your favorite customer, wish them a happy new year, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, some of your nicer customers, some that you have been attracted to for some time, um, might grab a hold of you and give you a big wet one. That, that was fun, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, it uh, so you spend most of your time cleaning up the uh, cleaning up the bar. Depending on when you're close, it is really early in the morning. We're talking maybe five o'clock. But if you decide that you're not going to go out with your friends, uh, go to go over to your friend's house, or even if you do decide to go over to your friend's house and throw down a couple before heading home, make sure to check out the New Year's Eve Walk of Shame. Now, those of you who do not know what the New Year's Eve Walk of Shame is. The New Year's Walk of Shame goes as follows. The Walk of Shame is people that are walking down the street at the wee hours of the morning, making their way back to their car, house, or apartment, who are dressed to the nines, even though their uh, clothes may maybe a little bit wrinkled by that point because they accidentally went home with somebody that they probably shouldn't have and tried to make uh, make it out of there with make, without making a noise and wondering also how they're going to explain themselves later on to their friends or how they're going to try to break it to to the other person easily. That was just a one-time thing. So it's always entertaining. So if you're a bartender and you uh, end up just not going home that night and uh, you just want to see something fun, kind of drive around your neighborhood. You might catch some people doing uh, the new year's Eve walk of shame. In fact, if you do see somebody doing the New Year's Eve Walk of Shame, I highly suggest you people get on the Hey Bartender podcast on Facebook and post your best pictures of the New Year's Eve Walk of Shame because, let's face it, it's funny. But I'll get into that in a little bit later, probably Wednesday's podcast, right before New Year's Day or the day of New Year's Day. Hey, anyway, so uh, first of all, I'd like to thank Liquor.com for once again allowing me to steal Another great drink recipe, uh, the New Year's Eve Firebomb. Uh, if you guys try it out, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, and tell me what you thought of it, and if the success of selling it. Make sure they blow the fire out before they try to drink it. Let's not be stupid. Uh, I'd also like to thank DeadSoft uh, for letting me use their single phase. Remember to go check them out on bandcamp.com, or go check out their website, dead-soft.com. I'd also like to uh, go off track here and also thank Rob Paulson, uh, the voice of Yakko Warner, the voice of Pinky, of Pinky and the Brine. I don't do good impressions of his uh, characters, but uh, uh, I listened to his podcast, Talking Tunes, while I was in airport limbo for the last two days. Uh, thank you very much uh, for keeping me sane. If you guys haven't listened to it, go check out his podcast. He brings on other voice actors, and he has this really nifty thing where he has other voice actors read lines from other uh, from uh, other movies that aren't their character. You know, their character typically isn't featured. There's this one episode where he gets Kevin Conroy, the guy who did the voice of Batman in Batman the Animated Series, to do a dialogue of that uh, Christian Bale did. From the Dark Knight. Now, I'm not knocking Christian Bale, but if they would have taken Christian Bale's voice out and put Kevin Conroy's voice in when Christian Bale had the bat suit on, oh, it would have been so cool. Uh, maybe they'll do that with Affleck or the Twilight guy. Um, anyway, i uh, also like to thank all the bartenders and servers that uh, served me over the Christmas break. Uh, the Mox Boarding House, go check them out. Uh, special thanks to the TGIF at the Dallas Fort Worth Airport, uh, even though they probably deal with a lot of crap all the time. They did an awesome job uh, serving me at least. And remember, people, it is going to be New Year's Eve. I want you guys to be safe. I want you guys to have fun and, uh, you know, make sure that your customers get home safe. Make sure you get yourself home safe because, you know, we don't want anything bad to happen to any of you. Uh, next podcast, I'm uh, gonna probably do a short one uh, middle of this week. It's gonna uh, talk a little bit about the New Year's Eve walk of shame. Uh, so, if a bartender servers out there, if you have any good bar, uh, New Year's Eve walk of shame stories, or even uh, the next day where they're uh, the person comes in going, "Oh my God, you wouldn't believe what I did last night." I want to hear those stories. Uh, you can even put on there, don't tell anybody. But uh, and I, I'm just the, just the evil person in me wants to know these stories oh and by the way Santa Claus uh I'm really sorry uh I mean uh, uh underneath the tree this year I got a note from uh Santa Claus I didn't get anything else I got a note from Santa Claus that said uh hey Anthony you were doing really good this year you were on the nice list until I saw what you wanted for Christmas that's all that I got from Santa Claus <laughs> anyway As usual, everybody, uh, if I don't talk to you soon, have a great New Year and lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, people, don't take any shit from anyone. Happy New Year. Good night.